Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. I'm a Georgia Tech grad and a Louisville fan. He is Mike McDaniel. He is a Virginia Tech grad and a Notre Dame fan. Mike, first question. We got a special guest on with us tonight. Tell us about him. We got Robert Reinhardt on, Joey, of Blogger So Dear, and that's the Wake Forest site on the SB Nation Network as we continue to pound through our previews here leading up to football season. So, Robert, how are you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing great. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to talking Wake Forest football. Yeah, we're really, really excited to have you on, of course. And, you know, Joey and I have been, you know, pounding through these previews team after team, and it's good to now talk Wake Forest football. Yeah, absolutely. Now we have some, you know, positive things to talk about finally. So it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's definitely much better than talking about it a, a few years ago. Yep, absolutely. So I guess we'll just lead off with this first question. Um, obviously, last year, really strong season for Wake Forest, kind of unexpected from, you know, a lot of people in the ACC looking, you know, at Wake Forest heading into last season. We were wondering if it was going to be the same old Demon Deacons, but, you know, they come out of nowhere, seven and six. Um, obviously, a really strong season uh, with the running game. The defense was fantastic. So I guess my first question is, following the 7-6 and six record last year, what are the expectations? Are they higher than usual for Wake Forest football? Um, you know, the momentum carrying over from last year's uh, successful campaign. Um, what are the general expectations from the fan base and from the team as a whole? Yeah, I, th- I think definitely a lot of positive momentum headed into the 2017 campaign. Um, I, th- I think, you know, you definitely look at, People definitely expecting a, a better team. We return our offense was admittedly not very good, but we return about 97% in terms of offensive production. Our defense, very good. We do lose a number of important pieces in, in Brad Watson and, and Markel Lee, but we return Duke Edgefor, a very good pass rusher in the ACC. So that should be a, a stellar defense again, return about 60% of production there. Um, but I will say, even though the team, I believe, will objectively be better, um, in terms of advanced statistics, in terms of eye tests, whatever you want to call it. Um, there are some tempered expectations, I believe, just based on the schedule. We, you know, we went seven and six last year, but we did benefit. For example, our coastal opponent was Virginia, who was who's definitely in a, a rebuilding mode. And we also got them at home and, and we were fortunate to win that game as well. And, um, you know, we replaced that with a road trip at Georgia Tech. So, Certainly a much more difficult matchup there. We also don't play Army. Instead, we play at Notre Dame. So no gimme there. And we replace at home against Tulane with at home against Utah State. So a slightly more difficult opponent there. Um, and really, if you look at the way our schedule breaks down, you know, we can get go over it later. But it's relatively easy early on. Then it's just murderers row in the middle. Uh, when you talk about Clemson and Florida State back-to-back um, weeks, it that's there's no harder schedule um, or set of two games in the country 
than that, but then some winnable games towards the end of the season. So I think Wake fans are definitely excited about the direction of the program. I, if you look fast forward to 2018, we're going to bring a lot of players back again that year. So I think Wake fans definitely very optimistic about the program and think 2017 could be another bowl year, but there are going to be a lot of toss-up games in a very difficult schedule that could prevent that from happening. One of the things you hear coaches talk about a lot of times is that, you know, from one year to the next, your, your new team might be better than the previous team, but your record might not reflect that just with how schedules can get really difficult, as, as you're seeing here, as you mentioned. Um, speaking of, of, so this was year three of Dave Clawson. He spent the first two years, went three and nine both years. This, you know, then 2016 goes six and six and then tops it off with a huge bowl win over Temple. Um he then gets an eight-year contract extension. So, like, where can you talk to me a little bit about where where his standing is with the fans and kind of the administration? You know, having one really good year given recent standards, and then getting a, a big long contract extension like that—is everybody confident in that, or what's the general pulse right now as, as it concerns Dave Clawson? I, I think the fans absolutely love Dave Clawson. I think when he came here in the December of 2013, he provided provided unbelievable energy and enthusiasm to the program and um, you know has while we struggled on the field his first two years no doubt about it um, I think fans realized that he inherited a, a terrible situation our offense was by far the worst in the country running game uh, maybe the one of the worst running games I've ever seen and I'm not trying to use hyperbole there I mean the stats the stats bear that out but He's improved our recruiting in terms of we're now getting guys with multiple Power Five offers. That's certainly something uh, we look for. Whereas earlier we were beating, you know, App State and some of those guys for recruits. Now we are, you know, we're beating Duke, NC, NC State, Virginia. Maybe not in terms of total class ranking, but we're beating out schools like that for some recruits. Uh, facilities improving a great, great deal under Clawson. Uh, have a new indoor facility. Have an overall athletic performance facility that is you know in the process and it's being built so definitely improving on that end as far as the eight-year contract extension uh yeah that's probably a bit <laughs> a bit much uh you know you, you want him to, to keep earning his contract I, and i don't know what the buyout or you know how front-loaded it is whatever that is but um I, it's tough to say anybody has earned an eight-year contract extension but um, he has done a remarkable job, I think, of, of building the program, and, and that's what he's done at his previous stops at, at Richmond, at Fordham, at, at Bowling Green. Um, you know, Bill Connolly of, of SB Nation does a, does a great job breaking down previews, and, you know, one stat he cited, Clawson has won 40% of his games in year one, 39% in year two, 53 in year three, his year threes, and 73 in year four. So, I would not expect that 73% trend to continue. Obviously, there's a bit of a ceiling with Florida State, Clemson, Louisville in this in the same division. Even when Wake won the ACC in 2006, um, Wake definitely benefited by Florida State and Clemson not being near the programs that that they are that they are now. So there is a slight ceiling there, but I think there's just great enthusiasm around Clawson and. Even though he went three and nine of those first two seasons, I mean, I know you just mentioned a little bit ago. People on the outside looking in were a little bit surprised by Wake's bowl appearance last year. Um, and I was to an extent that we would make it. Then I knew we would have a chance, but people saw 
things being built, definitely saw things in terms of the recruits getting better and the team getting remarkably better under Clawson um, with, with the players he brought in and the coaches he had. So I think just overall a, a great feeling around and a pause, and I'm, I'm thrilled that he's our head coach. As somebody who graduated from a school that is currently paying three basketball coaches, two of them not to coach, I, I am wary of very lengthy <laughs> contracts. However, uh, it does make sense, I think, to give Clawson that sort of cushion and that sort of um, trust and long-term faith, I think, with what he's shown so far and what his track record has been at other, other schools. Uh, we've talked a lot about how the ACC's made some really good hires in the last few years, and it seems like Clawson is just you know his own part of that trend. So um, as we, we talk about a little bit, Robert, you, you mentioned earlier that the offense you know, was a little, a little slow last year. The thing that we noticed a lot here on the podcast was John Walford felt like a guy who was able to manage games well. Um, he he could kind of keep keep the team in the game. He could give you a passing threat at times. But if he was ever asked to really put the team on his back and uh, kind of um, you know kind of bring them back from a, a deficit or really go out and win the game, that was not something that he showed himself capable of doing. So after a full season being a starter, basically, do you see him coming back and starting again? Or do you think that they're going to go with Kendall Hinton, uh, bring a little bit more mobility to the quarterback position and, and uh, change up the offense maybe a little bit to fit? Yeah, it's it's certainly interesting. And, and Wolford, you know, I agree with you. And, and the term game manager is interesting. But if you look at his stats, nine touchdowns last year, 10 interceptions, only completing about 55% of his passes. So uh, if you're looking for a true game manager, you would definitely like to see someone, you know, more, more accurate than that. And in terms of, yeah, not able to win games. And I remember in the Army game last year, we we passed a ton for whatever reason and had a lot of interceptions as a result, really took ourselves out of it. But Kendall Hinton has, I shouldn't say he's been named the starter. He is the starter head, heading into camp. He's getting the first reps with the ones Wolford is also getting some reps with the ones we actually had our first scrimmage yesterday and it brought up this topic again, because Wolford, again, I did not go to the scrimmage. I did not see it. So it's difficult to tell exactly how misleading these stats may or may not be, but Wolford was 14 of 15 for 131 yards with two touchdowns while Hen was just seven for 12 for 33 yards, though he did run um, for, 55 yards. So that's the dynamic that Kendall Hinton can bring. I think Hinton definitely has a better arm and with an offensive line that may or may not be that great. I think Hinton's ability to make plays when, you know, the play breaks down. Sometimes our receivers really struggled last year in terms of just beating their man one-on-one and and getting open. And if that's going to be a problem again, I think you go with Hinton, though neither of the two have been able to stay healthy over the past few years. So We'll probably have to juggle quarterbacks again, but I, I would personally like to see Hinton um, win win the job just because I do think his upside's there, and I think against this we're going to need upside. And stylistic, stylistically speaking, offensively, um, between Kendall Hinton and John Walford, obviously Hinton brings the running aspect to the game, but um, you know, talk a little bit about you know the offensive style. I mean, do you expect it to be the same offense between Hinton and Wolford? If Hinton's the quarterback, do you expect improvements in the passing game? And then, finally, if you could just touch on Cam Serene, a tight end uh, coming to his fifth fifth year with the program, uh, his final year, and you know the implications of him 
on the offense at, at the tight end position because he's been a really strong player for Wake Forest and kind of the forgotten guy of course not a Wake Forest fan not on Wake Forest fans but on the rest of the ACC because he's such a good player and hasn't played for the greatest offense over his tenure year with Wake Forest but you know there is a lot of upside there as well yeah Serenay when he announced he was he was coming back after the bowl game that would definitely um you know gave gave some joy to Wake Forest fans I'm not sure anybody knew he was you know thinking about going to the NFL but a talented player a, a good receiver who was dealing with some injuries last year so good to see him healthy again and and honestly one thing he has worked on is his is his run blocking and he's gotten a lot better as a as a blocker he, he came in as is more of a receiving tight end but has done a much better job of that and in terms of stylistically in the offense yeah you know, one dimension I think Hinton is is a better runner I think they'll have more design runs probably get close to 10 to 15 design runs we, we we don't necessarily have designed runs when Wolford's in the game, though we do run some zone read, and I don't have any stats to back me up on, on this, but it, it definitely feels like when when Hinton was in, although it was in not as many games, our, our running game's much better even on that zone read just because his his threat of keeping the ball is is stronger than Wolford's. Um, though Wolford, you know, he's had some impressive plays. He had a 60-yard touchdown run against Virginia last year, so in terms of top-end speed, uh, Wolford's actually pretty similar uh, to Hinton, but in terms of elusiveness, Hinton, Hinton definitely wins that. Um, also, with with Hinton, I think he has the stronger arm. I think we'll take more deep shots down the field uh, with, with Hinton. And, um, but I think we're going to look to establish the run. Last year, 533 rushing attempts, 353 passing attempts. That's going to be what we're going to look to do. I think uh, you're going to see a guy in the slot, Greg, Greg Dorch. I think he could come in, make some guys miss. He's a redshirt freshman, very explosive. And also Scotty Washington, uh, he's a 6'5 receiver, uh, had some potential, and, and he's been playing well so far in camp. So I think he's a guy who could uh, potentially break out and you know, could expand our explosiveness a little bit in terms of our offense. But, um, you know, our offense was actually worse than it was our offense was worse last year than it was in 2015, despite returning a bunch of production. So uh, it was, it was definitely a little bit puzzling, but I'm, I'm hoping to see it improve. Um, and it sounds like it has improved at least the first week of practice. So again, that's what you always hear. I'll, I'll see what happens when they start playing actual games. Robert, let's talk about the defense real quick. This was the, the big positive point, especially for Wake Forest last year, finishing with the top 25 defense by S&P Plus, which is really impressive. Uh, Mike Elko, really for the three years that him, you know, that he's been at Wake Forest along with Dave Clawson, they've, they've had good defensive units. And even before that, when they were together at Bowling Green, they were good defenses as well. And so with Mike Elko departing, going to Notre Dame to take over their defense, I mean, is there any concern about the defense coming back this year? Are they going to be able to continue to carry the team? Or uh, is there concern that there's going to be some drop-off as you, you kind of change up the staff as they are? Yeah, I think I think there's some concern. Obviously, losing someone as talented as, as Mike Elko is, is a big loss, though it does say a lot about um, the job he's done to, to earn getting the D.C. job at, at Notre Dame. I think that's an outstanding hire by them. But – one thing I'll, I'll give Clawson credit for a number of times when you see some of these moves, um, they'll look to just promote from within. But one thing he did was actually go out and get uh, Jay Saulbell, former defensive coordinator at Minnesota, who who's you know very highly regarded in terms of the NFL, in terms of pro- producing guys in the secondary. 
and his his defenses have have been very good. They did a very nice job in, in their bowl game against, I believe, Washington State last year. And um, there he gets some exotic blitzes going on. So they're they're a little bit better in terms of um, just consistent defense. Elko's defense was very bend but don't break. Uh, we had a phenomenal red zone execution defensively last year, which isn't always sustainable. So I'm very excited about the hire uh, that Wake that Wake made and. There's probably going to be a transition in terms of, um, you know, learning new schemes and things of that nature and, and bringing some more pressure. But I, I think it's a, a great hire moving forward. And um, this year, honestly, I'm just more concerned about the loss of Markel Lee, a linebacker, than, than Mike Elko as defensive coordinator. So I, I'm, I'm very excited about that side of the ball. And, and Wake's always going to be, just in, t- in terms of the kind of school we are for, uh, for football, you know, we're always going to be a defensive-minded team. You're you're going to be able to just get athletes there and and you know plug them in and play. Whereas you get the truly elite skill position guys. Uh, a lot of the blue chips go to more of the you know traditional blue blood blood schools. So I think we're going to have to be a developmental program on the offensive side of the ball. But we can still recruit very good athletes to play uh, on the defensive side. So I, I'm excited about seeing our defense this year. And I think they'll have a slight drop off, but I think our defensive line is going to be very good. It should be another defense, though. I'd say we'd be probably closer to 40th than 25th like we were last year. So you're hoping that defense is really good again this year, obviously, because as we take a look at the schedule here, Robert, um, uh, you know, playing in the Atlantic Division, no cakewalk to begin with, but then getting Florida State and Clemson, like you mentioned, in back-to-back weeks hurts, um, as well as the other changes to his schedule that you mentioned going on the road to Notre Dame, um, on the road at Syracuse, which is a game that, you know, in my opinion, Wake Forest, you know, needs to win to become bowl eligible. But, you know, take a look at the schedule here and, you know, kind of evaluate it from the standpoint of, you know, the tough games, obviously the tough stretch of Florida State and Clemson and general expectations as far as record prediction is concerned. Yeah, I think that I think our over under is about five and a half or so in Vegas. And I think that's that's pretty spot on. It's very manageable early on. Um, and very manageable late. It's it's brutal in the middle, and and honestly, I I hope that we just don't suffer too many injuries and are just so depleted by the time the the winnable games at, at the end come. I think a lot of very important games early on. That Boston College game, the second week of the season, I think will be a slight favorite, very close toss up game. Second week of the season could honestly make or break our season. Very similar to. Our second game of the season last year, we, we won a big road game at Duke. Um, so that was a, a nice win for us. I think, look, we could maybe steal one in the middle of that stretch. At Georgia Tech, I think the stats show they're going to be about an eight-point favorite or so. Uh, but we do have an extra week to prepare for that option offense. So I think that's going to be helpful. At home against Louisville, um, that's going to be that's definitely going to be tough. We played them, we've played them pretty tough um, given the – differences in talent but that's going to be a tough one and then honestly a tough part about our schedule is we either play at Syracuse and at Boston College or or have them both at home so that's something we benefited from last year even though we did lose to Boston College so I I think it's tough I think you're you're really going to want to start 4-0 if we start 4-0 I feel reasonable about about making a bowl game um, because I I do believe we'll beat Duke but NC State's very tough they're another program that's gotten 
much better. I mean, Joey, as you mentioned earlier, there there are times where you're getting better by the advanced stats. And NC State, I think they were 25th in S and S and P plus last year, but they go they go seven and five. So it's or uh, seven and six. But yeah, it's tough. Got to win early on. Hopefully, steal one in the middle, um, and then hopefully be able to beat Syracuse and Duke. So if I had to bet, I would say we we miss a ball. Um, but that still wouldn't discourage me um, as long as I thought we were performing pretty well and to the exp- in you know, how we should in some of these more difficult games. I, you know, it's, it's funny looking at this, as you pointed out at the beginning, it's very, you know, it's very doable Presbyterian at Boston college, Utah state at app state. I think it's very reasonable. And I, I would actually expect wake to go four and through that stretch then you got five straight games that I don't know that you win a single one of them. Um, the most winnable there. What's that? I, I don't disagree. I, I would not be shocked. That I I honestly expect us to go 0-5 in, in that stretch. Maybe that's just being negative, but those are all extremely difficult games. As you mentioned, multiple weeks to prepare for Georgia Tech, which is helpful. Not helpful that that's Georgia Tech's homecoming game. It's, I don't know. They usually perform well in homecoming. But in any case, you're talking about 4-5 and five going into – you know, the, the back half of November, you got three games left at Syracuse, home against NC State, home against Duke. If you go two and one in that stretch, you're ball eligible. And the the game that, that you mentioned that is, is tougher than a lot of people would realize is the NC State game. NC State is a, a much better team, I think, than a lot of people will give them credit for. I don't mind that spot where they've got them at home in late November with UNC up next for NC State. I think that could be a little bit of a look-ahead game for the Wolfpack. If if Wake Forest is really playing for their bowl lives in that game and maybe you catch NC State looking ahead a little bit, I think that, that could happen. Um, I don't know if I heard a final record prediction from you, Robert. I think I'm going to go 6-6 six and six here. I think, I think Wake Forest gets it done and makes another bowl game, and uh, Dave Clawson keeps the thing rolling into 2018. I hope you're right. I, I think I'll wind up at five and seven probably, but you know, just, just so many toss up, so many toss up games um, that, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Robert, we re- we released a uh, podcast today with Dan Rubin, um, of course, at bceagles.com. And I was discussing with him, you know, their schedule when we recorded this about a week ago and we were talking about the game between you all and and Boston College on September 9th, the second game of the year for both teams. And I said, for Boston College to make a bowl game and go 6-6, six and six, uh, they had to beat Wake Forest in that spot. And I think I officially told Dan, yeah, they'll win that game because they're at home. But it is a complete toss-up, and it's the same case for Wake Forest, I think. You know, Wake Forest needs to have that game to become bowl eligible, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, the four-game stretch at the beginning of the year, um, I could see 3-1 and one or 4-0 and oh there. Um, the middle stretch, I'm in agreement with you guys. I don't think they win a single game out of Florida State, Clemson, Georgia Tech, Louisville, or Notre Dame. Um, but I think it's completely conceivable for them to go 2-1 and one or 3-0 and oh in those final three games. Of course, at Syracuse will be really tough just because of the offense. But I think defensively, uh, you stack up well against the Orange. Uh, obviously, it's a tough offense to prepare for just because – um, you know, they throw the ball all over the field and, you know, it's at the back end of that stretch where you're playing a bunch of really, really strong offenses there um, in, in the previous five weeks. 
with that Florida State, Clemson, Georgia Tech, Louisville, Notre Dame stretch there. Um, but the NC State and Duke, I, I agree with you, Joey, on the NC State point. I think it's a great point for a look-ahead game for the Wolfpack uh, the week before they, you know, play the game of their lives in the end of the year uh, against North Carolina every year. It's an absolute dogfight. Uh, last year, of course, they stole it from UNC, and UNC wasn't really paying attention there in the final game of the year. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go with 5-7 and seven for Wake Forest. I can see this being a 6-6 six and six year and seeing them get back to a bowl game. I think the BC game's a toss-up. Um, since it's on the road, I guess I'll take Boston College there, but uh, I don't feel great about that game. So I think if Wake Forest goes 4-0 and to start the season, I think you feel great about them making a bowl game. That's going to be the thing is that you, you talk about a schedule that's this difficult. It really leaves no no room for error. You know, you can't slip up in a game that you're supposed to win and still think that you're going to have a shot. Uh, Low-key difficult, too, at App State at the end of September. That's a it's not an easy road trip. So an, an interesting one to watch in an early season test before Wake Forest has to gear up and go play. Back-to-back games at home against Florida State and at Clemson, which is about as brutal as any two-game stretch any team has in the country, I would venture to say. Um, but in any case, Robert, it looks like, you know, Dave Clawson's got the thing working at, at Wake Forest. The, uh, the Demon Deacons program seems to be in good hands. Had a good year last year. Looks like we're, we're trying to keep the thing going this year. And then certainly it looks really good for 2018, but we really appreciate you coming on and, and talking the 2017 season with us. Uh, you want to tell them where they can find you? Uh, yeah, they can follow me, uh, on Twitter at Robert underscore Reinhardt and, uh, also do a weekly podcast for bloggers so dear called roll the quadcast so uh every every sunday night at, at 6 30 p.m eastern time so i've been doing that with uh, my friend and now editor blogger so dear riley johnston so really enjoy doing that and really gonna enjoy doing that as the as the season starts up real quick for those that aren't aware what's the the genesis of that name of roll the quadcast yeah um so a Wake Forest tradition is is after uh, sort of big wins, relatively big wins. We'll go back to the quad, and there are all these trees, and you just take toilet paper and, and you you know you roll the trees. Stephen Colbert unfortunately had a had a joke at uh, he was a commencement speaker a few years ago and said it's it's an environmentally friendly uh, tradition because well we ha- we hadn't been winning many games, but uh, no, it's it's a pretty good time to to gather after. Uh, win. So that, that's where the name sort of comes from. That's awesome. Well, Robert, again, appreciate you joining us. Uh, best of luck to, to you and to Wake Forest this season. And we, uh, we look forward to having you on again soon. Yeah. Thanks so much guys. Yeah. Thanks yeah, Robert. Great discussion. That's Robert Reinhard. You can follow him on Twitter at Robert Reinhard. You can find him at blogger. So dear on the SB nation network. They do a great job covering Wake Forest. If you guys ever want to go find good Wake Forest football coverage, and ba- basketball, baseball, everything else. They've got it all there. So go hit them up, bloggersodear.com. Uh, Mike, we got some more of these. we got to come back and record. Uh, until then, they can find us on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel ACC. And together we're at BC Podcast ACC. You could also send us an email with your questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Mike, there's also a, a other places on social media they can find us, right? Yep, they can find us on Facebook, basketball, or facebook.com slash basketballconference. Rate, review, find all of our podcasts there as well. Oh, yeah. We're also on iTunes. We're on Google Play. We're on SoundCloud. We might be on Spotify one day. Who knows? We'll, uh, we'll keep you updated as we have any updates there. But 
In any case, Mike, this has been fun. You want to come back and do it again soon? I will be there, buddy. I, I trust you. All right. Until then, for Mr. Mike McDaniel and Mr. Robert Reinhard, I'm Joey Weaver. Thanks, guys, for listening. Go ACC. Go ACC.